Hi everybody, welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. My name is Amber and today we're going to talk about dating advice that I gave that I changed my mind about. Before we get into that, I want to share with you my free guide called Copy and Paste Texts for when he's pulling away or acting flaky. The link for that is going to be in the show notes of this episode below. If you want to work together, if you want me to coach you, guide you, and support you in going from dating to exclusive and navigating everything that comes up in dating, make sure that you get on the waitlist for the next coaching program opening. My program is called From Dating to Exclusive, and that's exactly what I help you do. I help you exit casual dating and get into an exclusive relationship with somebody that you really like. Not only that, but you'll exit the program feeling so much more confident in your mindset, in your dating skills, in your communication skills, in your abundance and ability to create dates on demand, in your friendships, in your connections. All areas of life are improved and enhanced by going through this process naturally. So if you want to join the next round, make sure that you get on the waitlist. The link is in the show notes. Okay, so let's talk about some dating advice that maybe I even shared on this podcast that I want to update. So I actually was just looking through some of the earlier episodes and I saw that I have created almost 250 podcast episodes. I had no idea it was this high. I honestly don't pay attention to that at all because I don't really ever plan on stopping this podcast. So it's kind of just like, you know, you go to the gym every week and it's you're committed for life. Like you're not really thinking, okay, that's gym session number 143. You just know that you're going to continue it forever. So yeah, but I was really thinking about it. 250 episodes is a lot of episodes. It's a lot of topics. I have basically hardly ever repeated a topic. Um, Also, I was just thinking about this as well as I was seeing how many episodes there are. One thing I do want to say is the coaching program from dating to exclusive is a program. So you're actually guided step by step. There's a plan, there's a checklist, there's support, there's me coaching you through a specific process. So a program and a process is different than a podcast, which is kind of my thoughts about dating of the week or something that came up with a client this week. So it's not 250 episodes in the program. It's actually distilled down to the core concepts, the core skills and the exact tools that you need to go from dating to exclusive. So the podcast is really good for learning, having a little pep talk, um, having a specific episode that speaks to a specific issue that you're having. But the program is a program. The program is about getting from A to Z. So make sure that you get on the wait list if you do want to join the next program. But anyways, those were, first of all, some of my thoughts, just seeing how many episodes of the podcast there are. Um, But obviously over 250 episodes, there are going to be some things that I learn along the way or updates that I want to make to some of the concepts that I share, or even sometimes I just want to teach something better um, or in a more advanced way. 
And especially because this entire time, it's not like I'm just doing this podcast. I'm talking to women every week and I've heard a billion different dating scenarios. I've heard everything you can possibly imagine from every age to every situation to every location and every dynamic and every stage in every relationship. I've heard so much and I learned so much just doing my job. So I want to share some updates to some of the things that I've shared before and some things that I don't 100% agree with anymore that or that I don't teach anymore. So the first one is the concept of overwatering. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while, you've definitely heard me speak about overwatering the plant. So what I have taught is that when you are starting a connection with somebody, you know, you go on a first date or you're starting a relationship, it's like you have this little plant between the two of you. And plants need water and air. And then they also need time to grow. And sometimes we're unaware of the air or the space that the plant needs to absorb the water. We only think of the water. So we then throw a gallon of water on the plant thinking that's going to make the plant grow faster. And what that looks like in dating is thinking that by spending a bunch of time together and talking as much as possible and connecting as much as possible, you're going to make the connection grow faster. You're going to get to the next level of the connection more quickly. And first of all, I still agree that that's false. (laughs) You can't get to the next level more quickly by spending more time together or talking a bunch more or texting a bunch more. You can't make a plant grow. Plants grow on their own based on the kind of plant that they are. So some relationships grow more quickly than others. And it's not because you threw a bunch of water on it. It's just because different plants are different and some develop more quickly and some more slowly. So all of that is still true. However, one thing that I've said is you don't want to overwater the plant. And that's also still true. However, what I've learned over time is that different people have different capacities for water and connection and different people and different relationships. So the different plants have different capacities for water and connection. So rather than having some very rigid rules around how much time you should spend with somebody or how long a first date is allowed to be or how often you should text or how often you should talk on the phone, it is important to learn what those limits are for you and also to kind of feel intuitively what it is between you and that other person. So for example, if you put two highly extroverted people on a date, they're going to have a different limit than the introverted couple on a date. Or if you, for example, put somebody who's very comfortable socializing, who has a lot of friends, who feels very comfortable with intimacy and connection on a date versus somebody who has social anxiety, the person with social anxiety will have more to process 
and they may feel that their plant gets overwatered more quickly than the person who's very comfortable socializing. And they also may need more space and time in between dates or in between connection to process the thoughts and emotions that come up for them when they are connecting. Now, one thing that is still really important to remember about this, and the reason why we don't want to overwater is because it often makes things complicated. It can bring up a lot of heightened emotions. It can make things feel unbalanced. It can lower the attraction for both people. It can get in the way of our little plant growing with that person. And so even if you feel like you are somebody with a very like high connection tolerance, (laughs) um, you don't want to push to find that limit with the person. So when you're on a date with a person, if it's feeling good, it's okay if you want to break my rule of like the two hour date, (laughs) right? So in general, I wouldn't recommend a date that's longer than two hours, especially just starting out. It's okay if you're really connecting with somebody and it really feels good to do a little bit longer than that. But what you don't want to do is see, okay, how far can I push this until we both run out of steam? How far can we go until we have nothing left to talk about or energy runs out or things get awkward? Don't push it to that level, but just see what it is that feels right for the two of you on that date. And then no matter what your level of tolerance is for connection or water, make sure that you are trying as best as you can to exit the dates, especially in the early stages, when things are feeling at a peak, when things are feeling really great, because often it's the last 20 minutes of the connection that stick with us the most emotionally. So if it was really fun, but then the last 20 minutes it got really awkward and you were kind of tired and kind of hungry and you kind of ran out of things to talk about, that may stick with the both of you more than you would like it to. So anyways, overwatering, the update that I want to make there is that different people have different capacities for connection and different comfort levels and different limits. So there's no one size fits all for how long your date should be. And you can also sense that within yourself and with each person that you date and decide for yourself what the right amount of connection is with this person. The next piece of advice that I've changed my mind about or want to update is if he pulls away, let him. So this is from a podcast episode that was very early in this podcast. And I think the episode was called what to do when he pulls away, which is a very common question. I mean, I have the copy and paste text for when he's pulling away or acting flaky. I've been sharing that guide for the last four or five years, and it's still super popular. (laughs) So um, it's a very important topic, especially in dating. So if he pulls away, let him that was really coming from the theories and education that I had received in dating coaching. And one in particular, I remember that was very influential for me was actually from men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And he gave the metaphor of the rubber band. 
So if you're always chasing after somebody when they pull away, then there's no tension. But if you stay firm, it's like a rubber band that's like being pulled, but there's a firm source and then it can only go so far before it comes back to that source. So that was very influential for me and a lot of how I thought about pulling away and dating and relationships. I think that's very helpful and very true when you're in a relationship with somebody who is committed and invested and showing up for the connection. And there's the natural ebb and flow in a connection where sometimes people just need to reconnect with their independence. They need to go feel that they are a separate person still and kind of do their own thing. Or they might be like slightly just something feels a little bit like they're pulling away. And then when they feel secure and know that they're a separate person and they still have their individuality, they tend to come back to you. So I think in that situation, it absolutely applies and is true and helpful. However, over the years of working with people, I've seen that there are different types of pulling away. And actually right now, I'm working on a guide about the six different types of pulling away and how to respond to them and how to prevent them. So there's a big difference between that natural ebb and flow in a relationship versus a hot and cold guy or somebody icing you out for a week or someone making you feel completely insecure in the relationship and where you stand in it or someone pushing you away with unkindness or somebody completely pulling away and making you feel very unstable in the connection and then coming back and acting like absolutely nothing happened, right? So there's a lot of different ways that pulling away can show up and some of them are like, yes, just let him do that because it's fine. (laughs) It's natural and part of a relationship. And some of them are like, fuck that, like that is terrible. That feels awful and you shouldn't tolerate it and you shouldn't date that person. So don't let him (laughs) do that. And um, I'm definitely going to create a lot more content and I'm creating that guide to distinguish between the different kinds. But in general, I just want you to kind of tune in and think about if you do feel like somebody's pulling away, do you feel fundamentally that they're just kind of reestablishing themselves and uh, reconnecting with their individuality and uh, they just want a little bit of space? Or do you feel like you are completely ungrounded? You have no sense of whether or not they still like you or care about you. You don't know if the relationship is continuing and you feel completely unsettled and untrusting because of this pulling away behavior. And if it's more of that, then that, especially repeated, especially if they're not, you know, responsive and listening to you, if you talk about that with them, is something that you don't actually want in a partner. So you wouldn't just want to let him pull away and continue to tolerate that behavior because it doesn't feel good to you. And the last piece of advice that I have changed my mind about is about finding security within yourself when you feel jealous in a relationship. So 
I created a podcast very early on about the topic of jealousy, and I still think it's a very valuable episode, so I definitely wouldn't delete it. However, it was very focused on you, and it was very focused on your thoughts and your interpretations and your feelings and you dealing with your own jealousy. And one thing that I've definitely learned over the years and that I would add to that is you are in a relationship and you are in a partnership and jealousy is something that you figure out with your partner. It's not something that you need to hide and it's not something that you need to go through alone. And it's also hardly ever unfounded. (laughs) So it's hardly ever just the case that you are an insecure person and you need to work on security within yourself and work on yourself. That's definitely like a piece of it. It's important to have a fundamental sense of security within yourself in general. However, a relationship is a structure and a project and a thing outside of you. And it's kind of like, you building a house with somebody and wanting to make sure that the foundation is secure and the walls are secure and all the screws are in tight and all the nails are in the right place. And then when you feel jealous, it's kind of like a little draft comes in (laughs) and you're like, I feel like a window is open in here. And your partner's like, no, 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 no. it's fine. I, I, I screwed them all in. It's like, yeah, but like, I feel a draft, like I feel it on my neck and I'm uncomfortable. And anyways, (laughs) the point is that there are legitimate actual things that you need to do in a relationship to establish trust and also specific boundaries that you need to have in place to make your relationship resilient and strong against outside forces that can potentially get in the way of you trusting each other and you feeling healthy and happy and loving in that relationship. So the point being, it's not as simple as just saying be secure within yourself because you can be very secure in yourself. You can actually be a very confident person But if you are lacking trust in your relationship, if you and your partner haven't learned how to create trust together, and also if you're lacking specific boundaries that are needed in the relationship, it doesn't really matter how secure you are. You'll feel drafty. (laughs) It'll feel uncomfortable. And one of the ways that you notice that and you sense that is by feeling jealous. So the other piece of this that I wanted to update is that jealousy is almost never unfounded. And so what I mean by that is that cheating and infidelity and emotional cheating and all of those things are unfortunately really commonplace. Like everybody knows somebody who has experienced that or been on the other side of things or maybe you've experienced it. And you really like i don't mean to alarm people (laughs) when i say that i don't want you to feel like oh my gosh i can never trust anybody but the reason why i say that is because it's actually more important in a relationship to be realistic 
rather than idealistic and just thinking like, oh yeah, I would never do that and you would never do that and I'm not even gonna ask you about it and we'll never talk about it and we won't even consider that as a possibility of anything that could ever happen to us, which then leads to not having important conversations like how are we going to build trust together and how transparent do we want to be with one another and how will we bring it up if something does feel uncomfortable or feel like it's crossing a line or what boundaries are right for us and our relationship. It's actually interesting because when I started to shift my mindset to this, I became a lot less jealous. Um, In the past, I think I was a lot more jealous and I think it was because I was denying this reality really hard. (laughs) Like I, on one hand, kind of felt this sense of reality of like, I heard of somebody cheating on somebody and it really scared me and it really shocked me. And then on the other hand, it was like, okay, but in my relationship, I can't ever bring up the possibility of that or talk about how to feel secure or have these transparent conversations. And I just have to trust and I just have to be secure within myself. So then the jealousy would just accumulate and it would grow and it was never expressed and it was never paid attention to and it was never acknowledged as something real or important or valid. But when I actually validated this emotion and actually paid more attention to the reality of relationships and the vulnerability that's inherent in relationships then I could deal with the jealousy in a much more realistic way. So for example, let's say with this new sense of like jealousy is almost always founded in reality. Like it's never the case that you're crazy. It's never the case that you're overreacting. Let's just say you believe that. And then something small happens. Like your partner is talking to somebody at a party and they're really hitting it off, (laughs) right? Like the worst case scenario. And you start to feel jealous. And then to make it worse, salt in the wound, your partner and you leave the the party and he's like, oh yeah, that girl's really nice. I actually invited her to that thing we're doing next week with everybody. And you're like, why would you invite her? I don't even know her. And I don't really like her anyways. And so you're feeling jealous. Now, your partner didn't do anything wrong. And this is where in the past, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm just so insecure in myself and I really need to get over my stuff. And why don't I just trust him? He's just talking to somebody. What's wrong with me? Now you're going to feel even worse. And you're going to have this jealousy boiling up and boiling up. And then it's going to come out in flames at some point when she comes to that trip with other people and then he playfully punches her arm and then you're like, well, why don't you just have sex with her, right? (laughs) So anyways, that's how it actually spins out of control when we don't validate the emotion. But if you do believe that jealousy is valid and it makes sense and that there are vulnerabilities in relationships then you would talk to your partner after the party and say like hey i felt kind of jealous and 
I saw that you guys were really hitting it off and then you invited her. And now I feel kind of nervous that this new person is like in your life and I don't really know her that well. And it just made me feel jealous and kind of insecure. Now that would create a much different response from your partner and then you could talk about it. And then it's also helpful if your partner could reassure you or maybe you would have some boundaries in your relationship in particular and it's up to each couple for them to decide what those boundaries are. For example, maybe it's okay in groups and with a little bit of reassurance you can get comfortable but maybe it's not comfortable for them to be hanging out one-on-one twice a week now, right? And like basically going on dates that would probably not feel appropriate for your relationship. So either way, you could address the jealousy, address the draftiness, address the vulnerability in you and potentially in the relationship together as teammates rather than trying to deal with that emotion on your own and hiding it and suffocating it and burying it and pretending it's not real and telling yourself you're crazy and it's completely unfounded. So just to put this another way to kind of illustrate how acknowledging vulnerability and risk in a relationship, whether you're doing that or your partner is doing that, can actually create more security and trust is just imagine if you had a 16-year-old child and they're learning how to drive or they're finally able to drive. I don't remember when you can actually just drive alone, (laughs) but they're going to start driving alone. And you tell them like, hey, be careful. Make sure you have your seatbelt on. Make sure that you're always checking your blind spot and make sure you're being safe, okay? And then the teenager turns around to you and says, mom chill nobody ever gets into an accident that's like one in a billion like nothing's gonna happen relax now (laughs) first of all that kid needs to be punished for his attitude but now do you feel more secure with your child driving or less secure because they just completely invalidated everything that you said And they seem completely unaware that there is any risk of ever getting in an accident. Versus if your kid says, I know, I know it can happen and I'll be careful. Now, nothing changes. They they were going to drive either way, but you have more security because they acknowledged the risk. They acknowledged the the vulnerability that exists in reality. And sure, people are not crashing their cars left and right, but it does happen and we hope it doesn't happen. But being aware of the fact that it does and can happen to anybody can help us be more cautious and take precautions that we need to to prevent it from happening. So it's a little bit counterintuitive, but the point is, You need to acknowledge the vulnerability in relationships to address it and to feel more secure in the relationship. And it's not just up to you in your own head with your own thoughts to deal with your jealousy and to acknowledge all insecurity just within yourself and try to work on it yourself. It's something that you actually want to share with a partner and have a team mindset with. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this updated, expanded, revised podcast episode. 
If you enjoyed this episode or you're enjoying this podcast in general, it would be so cool if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. You can do so by searching for Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast, clicking on it, scrolling all the way down, and then leaving a review there. You can also rate this podcast on Spotify, and that's super helpful as well. And I hope that in another 250 episodes, I'll have three more things that I've learned or revised or updated about the things that I'm teaching and that I just keep getting better and better at teaching these things. So thank you for being here maybe since the beginning or maybe since just a week ago. Either way, thank you for being here and following along and I hope to see you next week or I hope to work together in From Dating to Exclusive Coaching. All right, have a great day. Bye.